I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. The Far Bridge Board is now planning to build a second span. But first, in one of the most fascinating bits of Rio Grande Valley history that I have ever heard, Far Bridge Board Chairman Edgar Delgadillo gives us an account from his personal experience related to the original construction of the Far Bridge decades ago. I was there when my dad was uh, hauling dirt when they were doing the first part of the bridge. And I, and I remember sitting on the top of the hill when they were going to build the bridge and and I must have been, I don't know, 17, 18 years old, and, and we're just sitting there. No, having, much younger than that. Yeah, no, no, I doubt it. Uh, and, and we're just sitting there, and, you know, my mom would make lunch for, for my dad and, and, and the rest of the guys that were working with my dad, and, and we're just sitting on top of the bridge, and my dad said, well, they said they're building a bridge, and I was like, well, to where? Because it was like, you would just see it, uh, the, the hill, and you see the fields, right? And who's to say? It was, it was, they were building a two-mile Bridge on, on or a two mile bridge on each side of, of the of each country uh, or in each side of the river and and uh, I don't know twenty some years later I'm here on the board and and I'm the chairman so you know it, it, it's a little personal uh, it, it's just life comes first circle sometimes and and just to see the new expansion coming up you know and and like I said I told you I hate to say luck because it's not luck we've worked hard for it uh, yes you know. The, Stuff do align, but I, at the end of the day, luck is as hard work meeting the opportunity, you know, and, and the same cross path, and 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 that's what we had. But obviously, we have to put in the work, you know, or or board or commission or you know the guys that, that collect the tolls nowadays, you know, they they've done it, or customers because at the end of the day, they're the ones that go and promote their business and at the same time promote the bridge and promote our area and the whole region for that matter. Edgar Delgadillo is now chairman of the Far Bridge Board. Rio Grande Guardian editor Steve Taylor spoke to Far Bridge director Luis Bassan, who gave us some insider information on the details of the proposed expansion and other important activity at the Far International Bridge. How are things going? Well, things are going great. You know, I, I think we just had a good discussion where, you know, uh, with even the board members were very pleased to hear the news that this project, you know, this expansion of the roadways leading to the aduana, leading to the major corridors in Mexico to and from, you know, for both imports and exports is basically done. You know, that was our first phase. We've been pushing for this project for several years now, even before my time. You know, I'm going on eight years already. I'm going on eight years here in December of 2021. Ezequiel and Fred had been working at least for another couple of years before that. So 10 years max kind of pushing for that project, yeah. widening of that roadway leading yeah. to and from the aduana. And one of the things that I mentioned was that, you know, there's a reason why Mexico, the federal government put so much money into the aduana in Reynosa uh, with FAR. You know, they put about $90 million worth because it, it, logistically it just makes sense for both imports and exports. Um, uh, the the area, uh, the security part of it, the safety part of it, uh, just it all makes sense, right? And the fact that we have the numbers to prove it, right? But I think more importantly uh, about that project, that that access corridor or modernization of the access corridor, is that that is the kickoff to the bridge expansion or the second span of the Far International Bridge uh, or call it the Twin Bridge, right, which we want to start construction, which we're on schedule to start construction in 2022. So we would start construction in 2022 um, and uh, and end by 2023. It's about 17 to 18 months of construction to give us that full span, that four lanes, you know, 
know, added capacity, 100% capacity, and that's a, a stretch of three miles, you know. Uh, but we're very excited about this because, uh, you know, it all goes back to all the work that went in there to get our presidential permit. And we got our presidential permit, as I've mentioned before, in record-breaking time, you know. In less than 90 days, we had our, we had our, our presidential permit, which gives us permission to, again, build this. But Mexico's moving at the speed of business right now, you know, um, and we're very excited about that. Why do you think they're moving so fast? You know, I think what happens with it, what's been happening in Mexico is obviously a lot of it is the, the, the political side of things. There's been a lot of changes politically, administration-wise. Uh, it's just the fact that, you know, you need to accelerate projects. You know, they've, le- they've figured out a way to accelerate projects without having to go through a lot of the red tape that we would normally have to. Yes, they do have their own you know, uh, red tape, uh, as everybody does. Environmental but, issues and stuff. Uh, everything, you name it. But I think the fact that, for example, Banobras is the, 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 the federal bank that will be actually funding the project, they have the funding in place already, you know. And the fact that they have a concession or they have uh, an agreement with the construction company already, it just makes things a lot faster. It makes things for, for a much easier uh, um, uh, way to get things done. Mm. And for those um, readers that perhaps don't cross into Reynosa and certainly wouldn't maybe cross on the far bridge, describe that corridor, uh, where sure. about, you know, where it leads to and from and, and the, how vital it is. So it's about a two-mile span. So those that are familiar or those that might not be familiar, uh, when you uh, go southbound through the Far International Bridge and you get to the aduana or Mexico Customs in Reynosa Far, once you exit that aduana going further south, this is the roadway. It's about two-mile stretch that goes to the, to the, to the major arteries. These arteries connect or there's, a, there's an interchange there. We call it El Caracol. It's an interchange. And so that connects to the major arteries there for freight. Um, and that goes east and west, and it goes further south. So what are we looking at here? For example, we've talked about endless, endless, and, and endlessly about the Supervia Mazatlan Matamoros, right? That connects from the Pacific coast of Mexico. It's a major artery that now allows these shipments of fresh produce, for example, to get here in less time with less money, right? But then it connects to the major corridor coming in from Monterrey. Well, that corridor connects to that interchange and then leads directly to the aduana. And there's other major roadways in Mexico that connect there. So these are the, these are the, the connector roads. So we always talk about infrastructure outside of the ports. This is basically that. This is con- connectivity infrastructure. So it's like their equivalent of what you're trying to see here on the far side, the which IBDC. is, yeah, the IBDC, mm-hmm. where you're looking for a highway, an interstate standard highway mm-hmm. connector mm-hmm. from the bridge yes. to um, I-2, for example. So that was the last leg of it. So that's exactly what it is. So it's a loop. So uh, a few years ago, Ezequiel also mentioned that in his presentation, about four or five years ago, uh, Mexico uh, built the Libramiento Sur 2, which is basically a loop coming in from road, Highway 40 coming in from Monterrey. And what that roadway does, what that loop does, is it goes around the city of Reynosa on the south side. People might think, well, it's going to take me longer to get to the far bridge. But no, you'll save about 35 to 45 minutes, depending on your speed. So this was the last leg of that project. So it needed to get done. Uh, it's just that it, it took a little bit longer, but I think the, the catalyst for everything, what really sparked that interest in, in, in the government to get things done and move faster is the fact that they put so much money into the aduana. You know, and it doesn't make any sense to have a world-class uh, you know, aduana when you still have a bottleneck that connects to the, to the, to the major arteries, as I, I just mentioned. And in the discussion today at this board meeting, it was acknowledged that you've been fighting for that and uh, asking for that uh, 
a yes. corridor to be fixed for many years. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we've always known that that was a major, um, major highway that needed to get done. And again, because we also knew it was a, an add-on or an extension or the last leg of that project that I mentioned, the loop. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been such a long time, you know, even before my time, you know. Uh, I've been here going on eight years in December of 2021, and Fred has been here since day one, since they opened the bridge 27 years ago almost, and they've been pushing for this for at least 10, 12 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so um, what will this mean for uh, the carriers that are bringing that fresh produce from Sinaloa? Um, it's just going to shave a little bit more time off, more efficiency? So absolutely. So I think once all, I don't think, I know, once all the projects are complete, this is only expanding our capacity or widening. You know, when you when you open up or stretch stretch open a, a roadway, you're actually allowing for more capacity, better flow. Uh, you know, again, this whole area was 27, 30 plus years old, maybe even older on that side, right? So it's it was time for change. It was time to expand. So with that, with the bridge expansion, our DAP projects, everything else we're working on, process improvements such as unified cargo processing and all of that, that only increases our capacity for those trucks or those carriers or those shipments that are not certified, that are full, you know, that may, might be requiring a little bit more inspection. But what that does too, it, it adds value because now those that are not certified under the CTPAT program uh, to use the fast lanes, which we're going to get once we do the expansion of the bridge, that's going to allow these companies to say, you know what, I'm going to invest the time and the money to get certified because to me, for my shipments, for my carriers, for my product, it means for the supply chain, it just means it's going to go a lot faster. Mm. And the and the project everybody wants to talk to you about here on is is the twin bridge. Yes, sir. But you're saying that's on schedule despite all these disruptions in the supply chain and Absolutely. getting materials. You're still on track. We're still on track. I mean, even throughout the pandemic, uh, as Gil made a made a note of that, you know, during his presentation, that regardless of the pandemic. We've never rested. We've never we've never taken a day off. You know, we've we continue to push, and it hasn't been any different with Mexico. Uh, we we have a timeline. We have a budget to stick to, and you know the project needs to start next year, 2022, and conclude by 2023. And we're on track right now. In your director's report today, you said um, we can we cannot consider the success we've had as luck. You, yes. you said it's the repetition of excellence. Yes, sir. Explain that. So re recently, <laughs> I've been following a, uh, 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 an exercise program, a training program, and one of the things that, that this gentleman talks about or this coach talks about how, well, people might get lucky at getting, reaching their goals first. It's not about, it's not about luck. It's about excellence, you know, the repetition of excellence. And if you go, if you talk about excellence right now, the city of FAR through the Quality Texas Foundation, you know, our, our, our main deal is excellence every day. I talked about it during the start of the produce season. It's about excellence every day. So we can, we're never going to settle for less. We have to give the best, best customer service, uh, service our residents, service our customers uh, to the best of our ability. So, yeah, it's not about luck, you know. If, if you do the work, you put in the time, you don't take those rest days, uh, you continue hammering away, pushing forward, you know, it's going to become, you're going to become excellent at it. You know, once you become excellent, you repeat that. And that just makes you go forward in the right direction. And that's not just the, the Far Bridge team, that's Far in general. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It? No, no, no. It's it, it's the city of Far as a whole. You look at we are Team Far. You know, this is this is our new um, umbrella. This is our new culture. 
you know, uh, the, the pride, the pride, progress, community, learning, you know, um, there's many ways to put it, but it's, it's, it's about the team. Yeah. Next question. And you acknowledged in, in, your, in your presentation that you don't yet have the answer to this one. Mm-hmm. You started talking about the supply chain disruptions and how the L.A. port and, and Long mm-hmm. Beach are mm-hmm. being told Savannah, to do you know. 24-7. And so how do the inland ports respond when potentially the Mexican Pacific ports could be part of the answer and, and the far bridge comes into that equation? I think right now there's a, it's a world of possibilities, right? And we're at, in FAR, we're always looking for opportunities for improvement. That's why one of the things we did recently is we reached out to our customers, we reached out to the trade, um, to our database, and just said, hey, would you be interested in going 24 hours, you know? We understand that there might be other bridges out there, other land ports of entry, maybe on the northern uh, border with, with Canada, for example, that are open 24 hours. Why not the southern border? But one of the things that we've always heard is that we have these hours of operation right now, for example, in FAR, that, we're consider, that are considered like dead hours. In other words, there's no trade happening during those times. So the way the federal government looks at it on both sides of the border is like, well, let's utilize what we have first, and then let's see what, what else we can do. It doesn't mean we can't petition for additional hours. We have always done that. And we have gotten uh, additional hours in Mexico, for example, because Mexico has, is more, a little bit more stringent on that. And uh, during holidays, they leave at 4. And it's a little bit different. For us, we don't have any holidays. It's the same hours of operation all the time. And CBP works uh, well with us on that. Um, but if need be, CBP will stay late, you know, for example. But, yeah, I, I think right now it, it's learning time. We, we have to put it out there. We're going to be doing a bridge connect session on this because uh we want to learn what's really going on i keep hearing conflicting stories yes 24 7 is the answer no 24 7 is not the answer uh i think there's ways and like i said aside from the infrastructure aside from the technology aside from the human capital aside from all these great things that we're investing in you know is time 24 7 is that another answer right we still don't know. So we have some learning to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned the next Bridge Connect, and I was going to ask about that, but that's yes, what sir. that one will be all about, yes, your next one. Best practices, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this one, I'm not sure if it's newsworthy or not, mm-hmm. but the MOU you talked yes. about. Yes, sir. So the MOU with Comse Noreste. Comse is basically, I forget what it stands for exactly, but it's basically, it's an organization in Mexico. There's one that represents the northern region of Mexico with the southern Texas border called Comse Noreste. They're based out of, uh, they're based out of Monterrey, Mexico. We've been kind of opening ground, you know, we've been kind of venturing a lot into exploring opportunities in, in that region. So they represent hundreds of companies that are exporters that are bringing in products uh, to the U.S. from the different industries. Uh, more importantly, one of the, uh, you know, we, wanted, we want to work with this, with this organization and do an MOU because it will allow us to cross-promote, you know, to allow these exporters to look at the FAR bridge as a, maybe an alternative crossing or maybe as their number one crossing because right now they might be looking at Laredo as their number one crossing because of the distance because of whatever it is their carrier is more familiar with the territory their customs brokers are just in that area but there's a lot of expansions we've seen a lot of companies come this way from from the Laredo region and from the Monterrey region so we wanted to expand on that and have a platform where we can cross promote and 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 ensure that we're we're allowing these companies to make you know, better opportunity, better decisions. To know more about you, that seems quite an important issue for you. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, I think if you go back a few years ago, I don't even think people knew where FAR was on the map. 
You know, when I came on board, I think that's when things were just kind of starting to snowball a little bit at a time. And then we started being a little bit more selective with what we do as far as marketing. How are we going to get the word out without us having to spend so much money on, you know, just plastering ourselves on every billboard, plastering ourselves on every magazine. So we needed to be a little bit more selective. And we started doing these these MOUs. And, uh, and, and also we started doing some some bigger sponsorships that allow us to get in front of, like Ezequiel mentioned, about a thousand people at a time. And what that does, it creates hype. It creates, uh, uh, you know, awareness and, and people come to you. And from there, let's say you talk to two people that could be bringing in hundreds of hundreds of, of crossings, new crossings, and maybe even potentially have their companies expand in FAR or look for an opportunity to grow in FAR, you know. Don't think hype's the word. Yeah. It's more you are mag- uh, amplifying your there message you to the key, Absolutely. key players. That's, that's a better word. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Let's do better word. Let's yes, use that. And then final question. You, the finance director spoke about the bond issue. What, what do we... Sure. What, what's that going to be about? So basically, uh, the bond we're, we're issuing rev- uh, bridge revenue um, bonds uh, to pay for our DAP projects. So the city is leveraging part of the monies to pay for our DAP projects through revenue bonds. And those DAP projects are so important. Absolutely. So going forward, you know, we we are we we we're one of the we were the first bridge to to ever submit a project proposal under the DAP. And uh, we finally broke ground on two of those projects or one set of projects last year. We're, like Omar mentioned, the city engineer, we're going to conclude that project in March. And then from there, we move on to the second set of projects, which are our DAP 16 projects. So, yes, it's, it's, it's important. Uh, we, like, like I've always said, you know, it's one way, it's one thing to think or to, to have the, the, the mindset that you're going to submit a project. But if you don't have the follow through, if you don't have the funding, if you don't have the plan in place, it's not going to work, you know. FAR is very fortunate, and like our chairman said, we're very blessed. We're in the right position at the right time. Uh, we've made the right decisions, and we're moving forward. And this is just another piece of that puzzle to get us where we need to get to. That's a good point. I should have probably interviewed the chairman afterwards because uh-huh. that, that, those wrap-up remarks he made about... He might still be here. I'll call him right now. Yeah, yeah He might yeah. still be in the back. Because yeah. that was... Uh, you know, he encapsulated it all then there at the mm-hmm. end yeah, yeah, yeah. By, by saying that... Um, you know, it's this is far's time. Correct, it is. Yeah. It, it, it is. You know, and and we're not going to stop. We're going to continue moving forward. There's there's much more to do. Right now, we're already looking at future DAP projects. <laughs> I mean, we're we're not stopping. We're not settling for less. No, no. Anything else you'd like to add, Luis? You've covered a lot of ground here today in a, in our monthly ca- catch mm-hmm. up. But mm-hmm. anything I've missed? I think we pretty much covered it. I mean, just the fact that, you know, we continue to invest big for faster trade. Um, that we're going to be looking at, at other opportunities going forward. You know, the sky's the limit right now. And we're very fortunate to have, as I mentioned at the start of the produce season, during, we did a SWOT analysis. Combined, we have about 100 years of experience with staff. You know, at the bridge, combined staff with our consultants, with our bridge board. You know, these are experts in different fields and different industries. So that says a lot. When people ask us, how do you compare yourself to whatever, another bridge? Or we say it's the people, you know, because you can add all the infrastructure. You can do anything you want. But if you don't have the people, if you don't have the team, you know, it's not going to work. And that's why, you know, we are Team FAR is so important for us. And we take that to heart because it is the team that makes the difference. You, that was going to be my last question. But as you brought up the fresh produce season, yes. uh, another successful one, perhaps yes. the best ever you, you were saying it yes, to the sir. board. Th- your thoughts now on the next one next year. <laughs> 
expanding it, made it yes. making it even bigger because of the demand and because corporate sponsors want to be involved. Yes, sure. So we established it in 2013. That was our first one. It was a small event, and we've grown it ever since. Obviously, due to the pandemic last year, we had the social distancing in place, and we did bring uh, we did bring a lot of folks in, about a hundred, I think. But this time around, we broke that record. We even broke our all-time best record for over 200 people. And you know, uh, thanks to our importers, you know, our sponsors that donated all that beautiful product that comes in from Mexico. You know, 25, about 25,000 pounds of product. And as I mentioned, you know, it goes for a good cause. You know, people get to see and eat the product and see for themselves that what they're serving at the dinner table, you know where this project, uh, product is coming from. But more importantly, whatever is there, we also give it to the RGV Food Bank uh, for those that are in, in, in special need, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, yes, we have, we've, we've talked about plans for expansion. This year was not going to be that year because obvious reasons. But I think going forward into the future, uh, these are discussions we've had with the board, with discussions we've had with city management and our leadership, that we want to make it a full week event. Do it like a produce festival, visit the actual warehouses, have breakout seminars you know there's there's so much we can do tell yes. more of the growers yes. in in mexico i know a lot of them are u.s growers but but tell those folks that they're invited up here and also as yeah. part of that expansion to have more guests from mexico oh absolutely. where the produce is being grown absolutely yes yeah. so it's important to us to uh, to highlight uh, and, and ensure that the importers the folks that are making it happen the folks that are the lifeblood uh, the lifeline of this bridge, you know, that they, they, they get recognized because it is their pro- product after all. Obviously, this is this is a, for for everybody. We bring in the entire supply chain. Uh, the the importer is a big part of it, but also the the, the transportation, the the logistics part of it, the customs broker side of it. It all it all has to uh, come come together. If we mention that you want to do a, a week long festival, um, no one else is going to steal that idea. Well, I don't know. I think I, I think if I put it well, out, well, everybody steals ideas from everybody, but it's it's how you ex- execute that idea. And again, going back to the you're team, okay with then with me saying that's that fine. You plan to expand without saying no, exactly how. No, you're you're fine. You're fine because we have been talking about it for several years now, yes, you have. and I think next year is our year. You know, mm-hmm. this year we broke the record with that event and. Talking to our chairman, uh, the same. You know, we there's a lot of ideas flowing. We just got to put it all on paper, write it out, and ensure that it's going to work, and get more folks involved. Luis Bazan, director, Fine International Bridge. Thank you so much for today's interview. Yes, sir. Thank you. Stay informed about important economic developments in the Rio Grande Valley with the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. I'm Mario Munoz reporting.